0: sure you're just uh ready for that and i don't mean like oh i've got to deal with my family no that's not what i mean uh, you should look forward to spending time with your family uh and uh getting to see people you usually don't but more than anything uh this is a good week uh, really it's a good month or so coming up for you to have the opportunity to uh, just be who you are uh, around people that maybe uh, don't like it you know sometimes you're around family that uh isn't uh maybe coming to church isn't really a christian or whatever reason and uh make sure you are a good testimony and make sure you are willing to uh, uh to say something if they ask and so more than anything just make sure you uh you're loving on people because you just don't know what people are going through even in your own family you just don't know and so make sure you're just willing uh to uh be the hands and feet of Jesus the same way he would you know Jesus isn't going to not go to uh, Thanksgiving dinner because he doesn't like somebody in the family or he's not going to not show up to Christmas because he's bitter about something. Usually uh he's just going to lay it all down, suffer his flesh and go through with it. And so sometimes that's what we're called to do. And so anyway, this has kind of been on my mind. So throwing that out there it has nothing to do with what I'm teaching today. So let's pray and uh we'll get going. So Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Thank you for being good to us and loving us and uh just uh really um, just just given us purpose in our life. Uh, I know I pray that a lot, but Lord, we would really be all men most miserable. We would be lost. Uh, destined for hell we would be trying our best to be quote-unquote good people and we would just be a mess and honestly lord sometimes we still are because we just try to do things our own way and so i do just thank you for allowing us to be a part of what you're doing um you know we look at uh, the church that we go to sometimes and the things that we're involved in and we like to pick them apart you know and say well if i could do that i would do that different or i wish i could do that different or they should do that or and lord i pray that we would just uh control the things that we can control, uh, which is ourselves, and just be uh, ready to be used by you. We're moving into a, a season where we're going to have opportunities, whether we like it or not, uh, to be a testimony of you. And so I pray that we would uh, really just shine what we believe, uh, and that's just the fact that uh, we love you and we want to be more like you. And so, Lord, I pray for uh, those who are out today for different reasons. I pray for John as he's still trying to uh, get past the sickness, and I pray you just uh, help clear that all out. And There's just several people that are out for different reasons. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you would just uh, uh, heal them up, uh, just be with them today. Uh, a lot of things coming up as far as events and different things through the church, and, and I pray that we are doing these things for your glory, not for our own, and that you would uh, really just uh, love us uh, and allow us to show that love to the rest of the world. So speak to us today as we kind of switch gears a little bit here and continue on with this family life study. I pray that you would uh, allow these things to be things that uh, you once said and that you would really... Um, prick our hearts individually as to what these things mean in our life. And so, uh, Lord, don't allow us to think, oh, I already know that, but find out where we can uh, be more that you've called us to be in that area. So I pray you just uh, speak to us today in Christ's name. Amen. OK, so we're going to jump right back into this uh, family life study that we've been going through. And uh, the family life study was just the best thing I could come up with for as far as, you know, sometimes we we get into a Season of life, which is you know anytime between I don't know maybe about ten and ninety, uh, I don't know where it seems like we've got way too many things going on, uh, and we're running this direction, that direction. We're trying to go to work, we're trying to serve God, we're trying to be uh, at church, we're trying to uh, have a good relationship with our spouse, if you know we're married, and if we're not married, generally we're seeking out a spouse and doing things like that. We're raising kids, we're just doing all the things, and. We're doing the best we can for the most part, but a lot of times we just feel like we're ready to throw our hands up in the air. And so this whole study was basically finding out the basics, and I'm not here to give you the the ins and the outs, uh, as far as the details, but the overall arching, uh, priorities as far as what is it that God wants me to do in certain areas. And so the last several weeks we spent talking about, uh, what does God want me to do as far as just simply following him. And you can go back and listen to all that. There was uh, seven things just as far as making sure that our relationship with him is right first, because if your relationship with him, isn't right, it really doesn't matter how good you want your relationship with your spouse to be. It's not going to matter. Uh, by the way, there's donuts, and you all need to eat them because I can't eat all those donuts. It's not It's not good for my health. So anyway, uh, so yeah, somebody get on those donuts. Uh, I should have said something earlier. Uh, anyway, uh, and then the same thing goes with like, hey, we're doing a child training class, and we want to make sure that we're raising our kids the way that God wants us to do, and but if if we're not following God in our own life, then why does that matter? Because it's, you're hypocritical. And the same thing with like trying to be a good employee or trying to do all the things in life biblically, you're just going to struggle doing it if you don't keep things in order biblically. And uh, my wife used a really good example yesterday. we were talking to somebody. And I think I've heard this before, but she presented it in a really good way. And I've kind of just been meditating on it. And, you know, you've got, if, if you look at it, like you have different bowls in your life. And so, obviously, the top bowl would be... Uh, following God, be Jesus Christ, my relationship with God. It has to be full first. And then, you know, each bowl below it uh, are the different things that you're called to. Maybe it's to be uh, a good spouse underneath that and then to raise godly children. Or, uh, you know, maybe it's under that you have you know your ministry to those inside the church to edify, you know, other believers. And then you have the ministry to the lost. And you have to look at it like the first bowl has to be full. Before the other one's ever gonna get anything in it. Because it's only what runs over there that starts to fill the next one. And it's only if I'm fulfilling my next role that I'm going to be able to start to fill into the, the role under that. <clears throat> and I kinda of was meditating on this, uh, yesterday throughout the day and even this morning and what we do a lot of times, <coughs> excuse me, is we, we shut the tap off. We know Jesus is the well and it's never ending. But what we do is we shut the tap off, meaning we shut the Bible, and there's no more water coming right and what happens is at one point in our life or another it seems like i've kind of got everything kind of going well and you know the bowls are full everything's going well but what happens with water when you know you put a little heat to it it evaporates right and it it boils away and unless you're constantly refilling eventually you're going to start drying out these other areas and when you do and this wasn't completely her analogy this is me kind of taking it even a little bit further but uh when you do that, what you start to do is like, oh, well, this one's starting to get empty. I need to dip some water from here to go fill this other one. And what we do is we end up always in our life trying to rob Peter to pay Paul in these different relationships because we're not going to the one who would actually give us something to give any of those people. And so that's why when you look back <clears throat> well, where we started this whole thing, you have to have a good relationship with the Lord first. And again, I didn't give you the you need to read this many pages in your Bible every day and you need to make sure you pray this much every week and you serve for this many minutes in the ministry. Like those are all things between you and God. I gave you the overarching uh, just basics. And then as you get with God, you can find out what that looks like in your life, because there's going to be times in life where you're doing good to read a chapter a day. And there's going to be other times in life that if you don't read several chapters, you feel like you're starving. And so, again, you need to get with the Lord and find out where you're at in this stage of life and make sure you're doing things right. We're going to do the same thing as we get into today's topic, which is being a spouse. And for anybody in here who's single, uh, there's as many points in this for you as there is for the married people. So I want you to make sure you understand uh, that there's this they don't check out okay so following god was first once you feel like that you're maybe maturing in that area then the next priority in God's structure is your marriage or maybe future marriage okay and so um I'm not going to tell you anything today or I really thought I was going to get through this today I say that a lot but we'll see uh we we may or may not uh I'm not going to tell you anything as we go through this uh marriage portion that you haven't heard me say multiple times if you've been around for very long um, I'm not going to recreate the wheel. Um, it's it's black and white. Uh, but the truth is the truth, and so I would be amiss to not speak the truth. And so if you are looking for an in-depth uh, study on marriage, if you are looking for more uh, on any of these topics, I would refer you to uh, the website. And if you actually are looking for it, I can send you the link because it's buried pretty heavily just because that's what happens on the website uh, to the marriage study that we taught or I taught Uh, about a year ago on Saturday nights called redefining expectations. And so it's all there. It's all available. It was for, uh, eight weeks and uh, each one's probably a couple hours long and it was a really good time. I really enjoyed it. And so if you're looking for any of that, just let me know. And I can send you a link on that. Um, it's still all available. So don't think that like, that was a really weak, uh, kind of presentation on not that that 's what this is the presentation, but on being a spouse i 'm just giving you the basics here. this is a, a family life study you 're basically uh, i 'm giving you the the overarching this is what you have to do now in your life what does that look like again you're gonna, you're gonna have to go with God and find out what that looks like in your own personal life and what that means and so uh, but I would reference you to to that study if you're wanting something a lot deeper so today we're going to get into uh, seven points hopefully we can get through seven points probably not let's just be honest uh, to bring clarity to one of the world's most confusing topics seven points to bring clarity to one of the world's most confusing topics and that is what that is being married, being a spouse. Um, anybody in here who has been married for more than, I don't know, 45 minutes uh, or maybe an hour, I'm kidding. If you've been married for really much time at all uh, and you are being honest, you would say that uh, your relationship with your spouse is one of uh, the, the hardest relationships uh, to keep right. Um, and it's not because of lack of trying, and it's not because of lack of care or lack of uh, loving one another. It is because, the I'll just be honest with you, the adversary has no interest whatsoever in you using your marriage to glorify God. So if you start to do that at all, there's going to be uh, darts coming your way. Just understand that. And um, honestly, marriage is two imperfect people uh, trying to fulfill the needs of another imperfect person, and it's, it's just hard. Right? And, uh, it's, it, it doesn't, I don't, I don't want to be callous when I that, it doesn't get easier as far as the work that goes into it. I don't, I'm not saying being married to your spouse doesn't get easier. The work that goes, it doesn't get easier over time. Uh, it takes work. It takes your time. Um, it, but it's also one of the most fulfilling relationships that you'll ever have, uh, if you both do it correctly. And so I'll, I'll say all that on the front end. Okay. So again, we're not going to be looking, uh, today into all of the nuances and the deep study here of this is what it means to submit to your husband. This is what it means to love you again go back and listen uh to each night of the redefining expectations we spent a lot of time going through all of that these are the most basic the most black and white not just hopes but commands from the bible when i go through this study even going back to the following god portion and moving forward i'm looking for things that the word of god says you need to do this not you might be you know, it might be beneficial to try that. No, these are like the do this kinds of things. You know, when we looked at following God, I looked at things that came straight out of Jesus' mouth, right? And so now we're going to get into the Apostle Paul and some of the things that came directly out of his mouth and also uh, Peter and a couple things uh, as far as what it looks like to do this. And so um, these are the most black and white commands from the word, just like, uh, but like last week, what they look like in your life is is for you to figure out. I'm not here to say that you need to take your wife out X amount of times a month, and if you don't, your marriage is going to fall apart. And if you do, then it's going to be better. I'm not here to say that if you, uh, you know, whatever it is. I'm not going to get into all the details. Um, it's for you to ask God, what does that look like in my life? I'm giving you the overarching theme. I'm I'm, I'm expecting you. To go to God and say, okay, what does that look like for me? And I would also encourage you, take the notes for this if you want to. But if you're still making sure that, like, okay, I'm still trying to make sure I got this following God thing down, start there. And if you need to, like, just take notes on this and come back and listen to it later, do that. Because if if you start to skip over some of the things that you know you needed to work on when it came to following God just so you can get to this portion or the next portion, uh, it's again, it's all going to crumble. It's like trying to build uh, a house without a good foundation. So make sure that you get one topic complete before you move forward. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to tell your spouse, hey, I'm not working on a relationship at all until I get this figured out. But what I'm saying is, you know where the priority needs to be. OK, <clears throat> OK, so here's uh, where we're going to start. So the first. The first thing, uh, first topic, point, that's what it is, the first point to bring clarity to one of these subjects, uh, and I'm going to talk to uh, the husbands first, but we're going to work through this in kind of uh, a cycle, that way nobody goes to sleep until it gets to their part, right? Uh, husbands, number one, love your wives, Ephesians chapter five. Man, if you can't figure that out, we've got issues. Ephesians chapter five, um, again, you've heard me say all these things, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work through this pretty quickly uh, because I feel like... We've talked about this before, but just because we've talked about something, just because you've heard something doesn't mean you actually did something about it. You know, it's just like telling your kids, I need you to do this. And they're like, yeah, I heard you, but I, there's still no action going into it. And so uh, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, for whatever reason, the Lord keeps bringing us back to some of these things. And so I don't know who needs to hear it. It is what it is. But husbands, love your wives. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 25. We understand this whole passage you're talking about marriage, but let's just look at this. It says, husbands, love your wives. Okay, easy enough. Next point, right? But no, he's like, hey, because I know most of you guys, I didn't say all, some of you are much smarter than I am, uh, but most of you guys are kind of thick-headed. Most of you guys, uh, you just don't quite get it. And he's like, hey, I'll give you a picture of what this looks like. Because like, Most of us are like, hey, you can give me six pages of words, but if you gave me like a half a page of pictures of what it looks like to put this together, man, I could do it in my sleep, right? So he's like, I'm going to draw you a picture of what this looks like. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Okay, so, you know, God loved the church. Yeah, that's important. What else did he do? He gave himself for it. He was willing to give up all of his wants, desires, earthly needs, earthly whatever, for the church. Okay, guys, uh, is that how you love your wife? Are you willing to give up? Not not really. Are you willing to give up all of your wants and desires for what it means to love your wife? He's drawing a picture here and gave himself for it. <clears throat> he goes on to say that he might sanctify and cleanse it. This is all, all in the same sentence still, right? It's kind of like a run-on sentence. He throws a punctuation mark in there to make sure you know. But he's like, hey, it's still the same thought here that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. He's not saying, hey, tell your wife to take a shower. He's not saying, hey, make sure that, you know, she's keeping clean. What he's trying to say is, are you keeping her spiritually clean? Because if you're loving your wife, that's what that looks like. If you have no type of spiritual relationship, if there is never any kind of spiritual talk in your marriage, don't be surprised when all of a sudden it's like, our marriage is a wreck, right? Well, I wonder why. We said that God was preeminent, but uh, God's really nowhere in it. And guys, that doesn't fall on her. That falls on you. And I talk to myself a lot when I look into things like this because it's like I spend a lot of time getting ready to teach Passpoint and getting ready to teach uh, D2 or Discipleship or HBI or any of the different areas. I spend a lot of time uh, getting ready to do all things, all those things. And there's a lot of times that my wife gets the short end of the stick, and it's like, whoa, I need to make sure that I am doing what I'm told to do. And I'm not talking, this isn't about me, but okay, in your life, what does that look like? Because if you're not willing to be the spiritual leader of your home, then don't be mad when your wife tries to do it because she's trying to at least have some sort of spiritual leader. And then you get offended, I'm talking to the guys here, because they're like, well, you're not letting me lead. Well, it's because you weren't leading. And so that's when you end up with this, you know, Uh, was it the chicken or the egg? It doesn't matter if the house is cracked, right? Guys, we got to be willing to lead. And when you talk about love your wife, oh yeah, I love my wife, I married her. Uh, No, I'm talking about are you doing it like Jesus did it? Are you sanctifying it and cleansing it with the washing of water by the word? He says that he might present it to himself. This is why you do it, guys. Because she's like your trophy. She's your crown. She's your queen. Right? And... You're gonna present it to yourself. The better you make her look, let me just tell you a secret, the better it makes you look. Right? Too often we're so concerned about us and us and us and I promise, the better you make her look, the better it makes you look. When God looks at you as a married couple, He sees one. Right? That whole picture of one flesh, that isn't just talking about sex. Right, It's talking about a whole lot of things, and God sees you as one. And so when when he says that he might present it to himself, he's talking about you need to love her in such a way that she is so high and lifted up that in turn it just makes you look that way. And you're not doing it because of you. That's just a benefit. That's kind of like one of the fringe benefits that comes with being married and taking care of your wife that he might present it to himself a glorious church, a glorious wife, not having spot or wrinkle, not that it's bad if you got a few wrinkles, ladies, that's okay, it happens, we're all getting older. Uh, anyway, not, not having spot or wrinkle, it's not even actually talking about physical wrinkles, by the way, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Are you taking care of her in such a way? Are you loving her in such a way that she is holy and without blemish? Because she better be that way in your eyes, because if you're like picking all the little spots off of her, man, you need to fix this. Man, you need to do that. Man, you need to do that. Uh, that's not. You're seeing all. You're supposed to be covering the blemishes, guys. You're loving her in such a way, without blemish. So want men to love their wives. He's like, just in case you still haven't got what I'm saying, as their own bodies. Man, we we like to take care of ourselves. He might. Uh, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord cherished the church. Uh, Guys, if you want to know what it means to love your wife, look at how Jesus took care of the church. Right? Look at how Jesus took care of the disciples. He ministered to them when they didn't need to be ministered to, that they shouldn't, that they were just completely wicked, that they were broken down. And guys, if you're not willing to fulfill that role, that's a huge problem. Now, If you look at your life and you're like, I'm not fulfilling that role. Okay. It's okay to look at your life and say, I need to grow in this area. It's not okay to look at your life, say, I need to grow and then say, I don't really want to though. That would require sacrifice. That would require less of me. That would require like me to play less golf and more invest in my wife. Me to do less of this or whatever it is, you know, whatever your hobby is. And um, I'm just saying, if you don't keep it, the preeminent relationship other than with Christ, in your life, there's gonna be problems. Like, I don't know how many times we've had people come in <clears throat> for different types of marriage counseling, this side and the other, and it, it's because husbands aren't doing the number one thing. And when husbands don't do their number one thing, the wives feel like they're not getting taken care of, and then the wife's not doing her number one thing, and it's just like this, uh, you're chasing your tails, right? Uh, Jeff Cox did a marriage study way back in the day at Kansas City Baptist Temple called Two Ticks and No Dog, right? And it's like the perfect analogy because that's what it is. You are two people trying to suck the life out of each other, and neither one of you have to give what what the person is looking for because Jesus is the source of life, right? And so, anyway, just throwing that out there. Guys, we we have to love our wives. And if you're not doing that, like, and okay, again— what that looks like in particular in your life. I'm just saying, my wife is different than your wife. And your wife is different than the next person's wife. You need to figure out what that means and how how that's going to work. What makes her tick? And I'm not talking about, I just meant like in general, like what makes her go? What allows her to thrive? That's how you love your wife, okay? That's just the most basic thing that you can do. Now, in your life, what does that look like? I don't know. Talk to Jesus, right? There's a whole lot there that you can figure out I'm not here to learn your wife for you that's your job wives number two the second point to bring clarity on a really messed up subject wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands that's what it says I didn't make up the rules I just played by them wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands is what it says Ephesians chapter 5, back up if you, excuse me, uh, verses in verse 22. Paul says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, even though you think he's an idiot stick. No. It says, As unto the Lord. You know what that means? That you're going to submit to him the same way that you would if Jesus was standing in front of you. Now, I understand. And not for a second did I say that your husband was anything like Jesus. I see what you see, right? I do. Our prayer is that he will start to see it, right? And the same thing in my life. I'm not saying that I have anything better to do. I see it. But I'm also telling you what the Word of God says. It says, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Own, own, own husbands. There's a reason that that's in there over and over and over again. As unto the Lord. Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife. Well, I don't like that. I, I didn't make the structure. I just simply follow it. Honestly, there are a lot of times that I wish it wasn't like this because it puts a lot of weight. But anyway, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Again, it's a picture, and he is the Savior of the body. If you, you don't have to go there, but if you were to go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. Uh, it also says the same thing, and what I really, it, it almost word for word what this says, but it makes sure to throw in there, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. And the fact that that, uh, that word own keeps coming in there, it's just like, uh, I don't wonder because I've seen it. But there's a lot of people that look at this and they're like, why does it say that? Obviously I'm going to submit to my husband before. That's not usually what happens. What usually happens is, Wives you don't feel like and you're probably and you're feeling correct that your husband is leading the way that he should. Spiritually especially. But really in any area. And so what we generally do, and I say we, I mean the culture that we live in, is uh, ladies, you gravito- you gravitate towards what you need. Um, you know, you'll hear a lot of times that a woman will fall into some sort of an emotional affair far before she falls into a physical affair because she's not getting her emotional needs meet needs I can't even talk met. And then that, in turn, leads to other things, right? Uh, the same thing goes with spiritually. You fall into the trap of, well, I mean, there's this other guy at the church that's, he does really good at this, and he's a really good spiritual leader, and I'll do anything he wants me to do. Oh, he might be the, the teacher of the class or the pastor of the church or the leader of the small group or whatever it is, and he, he's always doing these things, and uh, I would follow him anywhere. Now, my own husband, if you would be more like him, I would follow you, but... There's a reason it says, submit yourselves into your own husbands. The Lord is not going to bless your submittance to somebody who isn't your own husband. Now, there might be times when you need to submit to somebody uh, as far as like in a class setting or something like that, a ministry setting. But for the most part, the overarching theme is to your own husband. There's a reason it's in there. Um, now, let me just backtrack just for a second. I know I'm talking to the ladies for a minute, but uh, if you backtrack one verse... Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. He's not talking to husbands or wives at this point. But husbands, you need to make sure you understand this point before you try to start expecting your wife to understand the point in verse 22. It says submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. There should be just as much submitting to her as she is submitting to you. Because when there's a mutual submission, you're both kneeling down to the cross and when you're both kneeling down to the cross, there's only up to go. But when one or the other of you is expecting this and expecting that, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying it usually doesn't turn out super well. A good example of this, there's a lot of good examples of this, but a good example of this, uh, wives submitting to your own husbands even when he's not really doing the right thing, think back to the book of Genesis with uh, Sarah and Abraham. Uh, how many times did Abraham get into a situation where he's like, man, this could really cost me my life. You know what I'm going to do? My wife, she's like smoking hot. And uh, what's going to happen here, this happened three different times, uh, different times. And God corrected him every time, but three different times. He's like, my wife is really good looking. And I don't know why she's married to me, but she is. And uh, the problem is we're getting ready to get into a situation where there's going to be other people who think she's really good looking. And what they're going to want to do is kill me to have her. So here's what we're going to do, Sarah. When we get there, tell them you're my sister. And then they'll just be like, oh, okay. Three different times he did this. And three different times Sarah wasn't like, I'm your what? Right? Now, if you really want to get into the, the nuance of the story, uh she was his half-sister. It, I mean, you can figure all that out later, but they were still married, okay? The point is, like, okay, maybe it wasn't a complete lie, but it was a lie. The point is, Sarah, every time was like, if that's what you think is best here, Abraham, fine. Now, I don't read that she said that, but I'm guessing that was the nicest thing she could say. If this is the best you can come with up with, that's great. And I'll just trust that the Lord will take care of you. There's going to be times, ladies, when your husband's going to have a really dumb idea, Right? And this is probably before church is over today, right? Just because, like, <laughs> it just happens. This is what we do, and you're going to you're going to be faced with the, the question of, I don't think that that's right. Now, okay, time out for a second. If it's completely morally wrong, if it's against the law, if it is doing something that is completely, uh, there's a reason that there are uh, institutions that we submit to, uh, the family the local church, and ultimately the the authorities with uh, the law. So don't ever get yourself in a position where it's like, well, I'm supposed to submit, so I'll I'll drive the getaway car. or I'm supposed to submit, so I'll look the other way. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying, uh, there's going to be a time when you get into a situation where you're like, I don't really think that that's the direction we should go with maybe our family or maybe in this situation or whatever. Okay, it's not really against the law, but I just really don't feel like that's the way God's leading us. Uh, I promise There is blessing in obedience. And there is blessing with you submitting to what you know is right. And there's been, I don't know how many times I've heard my wife, and this is just what I've heard. Who knows how many times she's counseled this when I wasn't around. My wife used the example of, there are a lot of times that I just pray that God will just like correct my husband in such a way that he realizes uh, that what he's doing is, is, is not the way we need to go, but I'm going to submit because that's what I was called to do. And every time I hear her say that, I'm like, Man, there's a lot of truth to what she's saying. Like, as a husband, there's a lot of truth to that, or something along those lines, right? I've heard you say that before. Uh, <laughs> I've never said it like that. I think okay, I know what you're trying to say. Okay, that's what I mean. That's fine. Anyway, I, mean, if you're person, it, you're it, <laughs> I have oftentimes prayed that God would use the position of authority, regardless of what the person. I mean, it's the same type of thing. You're exact. You're you're because the person in authority. I mean, where's the, yeah, it's the difference of how a man hears things and the way that a lady says things. Um, and yeah. So yes. So anyway, the point is when I hear that, like I don't take it as a slight, I take it as a, there's a lot of weight on what I'm called to do. And especially when, when I, I would be better off if she was like, no, we're not going to do that. And it would turn into like a big, uh, you know, not really an argument, but a heated discussion over what we think is right. It's worse when she's just like, okay, if that's what we're supposed to do, and that's what we're going to do. Because then I'm wearing it. It could be completely wrong. And God's going to be like, there's a lot of blessing for you, daughter. And you, son, uh let's go have a talk, right? There's a lot that you wear on that. And so when it says, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, there's a lot of peace that you can have in that, knowing that I am doing what I'm called to do, right? And I'm submitting to the, the position of authority, even though I don't think it's probably the direction we need to go. And she will. She'll just completely trust that God will eventually smack me in the back of the head and say, What in the world are you doing, son? Right? <clears throat> Submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Own husbands. Okay, there's a lot more that I could say, but again, I'm just giving you the overarching. What does that look like in your life? I don't know. Ask Christ what that looks like in your life, ladies. And let's go. I'll give you singles one for today, and then we'll hit the others next week. So singles. And married people hear this as well, because a lot of you have children that are single, I hope. Uh, um, yes, this is point number three. Um, and if not, you're going to disciple people who are single. There's this this really... Singles, it says in Second Corinthians chapter 6, be ye not unequally yoked. Be not unequally yoked. I'll flip over there real quick, and I'll make my point. wing be, be ye not... 2 Corinthians chapter 6, sorry, I, I'm like, I'm speaking so fast. Be ye. <laughs> sorry, I'm just really. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 to 18. This is what Paul says. This is, he says a lot of things to single people, we'll get to another one, uh, another good reference next week, uh, but this is what you need to hear for now, singles. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen to eighteen, Paul says, "Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers." Vine calls this, you know, ladies, don't hook up with a four-cylinder man when you got V-eight plans, right? Uh, I've heard it said a lot of different ways, but uh, you're going to have a hard time. Uh, the Bible calls it, uh, "Don't don't hook up an ox and an ass together." You know why? Because one of them is a whole lot stronger than the other. You hook them up, trying to pull a plow, and you're going to have, like, circles out in your field because one of them's doing a whole lot more work than the other. They're not working together, right? Um... Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for, let me give you an example. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with the belial? Or what part hath he that believes with an infidel? Do I need to go farther is what Paul's saying. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Singles, remember that. You are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. Now, I'm not saying that it's saying what you think it's saying, but I'm saying if you're single and you're hooked up with somebody that's not saved, it might be saying what you think it's saying. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Notice that he clarifies at the end. I'm talking to males and females here. Um, a lot of times we, we don't, but a lot of times people will look at this passage and say, oh, it's talking about single ladies not hooking up with a man. It's talking about guys, the same thing. You're not hooking up. Don't be unequally yoked. It will not work in your favor. You will not change who they are God might change them over time. I'm not saying it's impossible. Don't expect that you're going to because I promise it's going to be a whole lot easier for them to sway you to do something you shouldn't do than you to sway to do them to do something that they should do. I think I said that the way that I meant it. Okay. Yeah. Be not unequally yoked. You can't. It will not work. You can try it. It might be fun for a minute. It's not good for you. Paul's like, I, this, isn't, uh, this isn't like optional. This isn't something maybe we should have a discussion about. Do not yoke yourself with someone who is not equally yoked with you. How do you think that, oh, well, they'll eventually come along. They'll eventually grow in Christ. They'll eventually, you know what's going to happen? You're going to feel like you are held back in your spiritual growth your entire life because they just won't get on board with what God's called them to do. Man, when you're searching out a spouse, when you're praying, you better be praying that God brings you somebody that is like ready to get something done for the Lord. Right? That is that has to be what you're praying for. When you're praying for your kids, that's gotta be what you're praying for. Find somebody that is just ready to, to do something for the Lord. Real quick, uh, to to go along with this, first Corinthians chapter seven. We're gonna spend quite a bit of time in this passage next week, but just one more thing to kind of go along with this. First Corinthians chapter seven starting in verse 10, still talking about the same thing. Uh, Don't be unequally yoked. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 10, it says, and unto the married, I command, uh, yet not I, but the Lord, uh, let not the wife depart from her husband. But, uh, this is this where I want to be? Uh, yeah, so okay. So we're talking about married people for a second, but there's a reason I'm talking about this. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or uh, be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. But to the rest, I speak, or speak I, not the Lord. Uh, if a brother have a wife that believe not and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And if the woman which hath been a husband that believe not and he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. What I'm trying to point out here is you can have the feeling of, well, I'll, I'll get together with this person. And if eventually they don't get on board, then I'll have every reason to leave them because they're not a Christian like I am. I'll have every reason to, if they don't eventually uh, get on board with what Christ wants to do in their life, then I'll be justified in, in leaving. them. That's not what it says. It says that once you're married to them, you're married to them, And so you better think about this thing before you, you know, you better think about this thing. Uh Verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Uh, uh, is that how far I want to go? Yeah. Uh, A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God uh, hath called us to peace. For what uh, knowest thou, O wife, that thou shalt save thy husband? Or how, or, or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? The whole point here is you can have really good intentions for the person that you're going to marry. That I'm really strong in my faith and I'm sure I can persuade them. I'm really, you have no power to save them whatsoever is what that verse says. You can love them, but I promise it will be all but miserable for you to try to live that life, to try to submit to them, ladies, when he has no intention of taking you where you want to go. You're going to have a really hard time Husband's loving her when she has no intentions of yoking up with you in the ministry. What I'm saying is, man, if you are even considering a relationship where it's not an equally yoked situation, run. Run fast. And if they want to know what's up, tell them to come talk to me. And I'll let them know what's up because like, there's a reason that we are called to protect those in these situations, okay? So make sure, ladies... Gentlemen who are single, don't even consider being unincidentally yoked. It will not work in your favor. Okay? Okay, we got th- four more next week. We'll get to them next week and we'll move on. So let's pray. Sorry I'm over time. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for loving us. I uh, Thank you for just the basics in your word. And Lord, I do pray that uh, we didn't get very far into this, but uh, we got far enough for each uh, group here, the husbands and the wives and the singles, to hear something. And Lord, I pray that they did hear something. That pricks their heart and I pray that you would allow us to uh, just maybe start to address whatever it is that you're calling us to do even now and even today and even this week and that you would allow us to be true followers of you and because we are we're willing to do these other things Lord I pray that you would grow us in the areas we need to be grown in I pray that we wouldn't be focused on what uh, the other is not doing but we would see what you've called us to do. And service is what you've called us to do. So, Lord, I pray that you would just bless uh, just the marriages, the future marriages, the uh, the singles, everybody's uh, life in here. You have a plan for all of us, whether it be uh, yoked up or not, uh, to follow you and to give you the glory. So I pray that you just send us out this week as lights in a dark world. I pray uh, for Pastor Brian as he preaches this morning that it would just be bowl and uh, that you would just get the glory for that. Uh, Lord, I do uh, just pray for relationships that they would be focused on you first and foremost. So I pray you just uh, bless us as we go out in Christ's name. Amen.